Chapter Twelve of the Scottish Fairy Book by Elizabeth W. Grierson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Nan Dodge. Nippet Fit and Clippet Fit. In a country far across the sea, there once dwelt a great and mighty prince. He lived in a grand castle which was full of beautiful furniture and curious and rare ornaments, and among them was a lovely little glass shoe which would only fit the tiniest foot imaginable. And as the prince was looking at it one day, it struck him what a dainty little lady she would need to be who wore such a very small shoe. And as he liked dainty people, he made up his mind that he would never marry until he found a maiden who could wear the shoe, and that when he found her, he would ask her to be his wife. And he called all his lords and courtiers to him, and told them of the determination that he had come to, and asked them to help him in his quest. And after they had taken counsel together, they summoned a trusty knight, and appointed him the prince's ambassador, and told him to take the slipper, and mount a fleet-footed horse, and ride up and down the whole of the kingdom, until he found a lady whom it would fit. So the ambassador put the little shoe carefully in his pocket, and set out on his errand. He rode and he rode and he rode, going to every town and castle that came in his way, and summoning all the ladies to appear before him to try on the shoe. And as he caused a proclamation to be made that whoever could wear it should be the prince's bride, I need not tell you that all the ladies in the countryside flocked to wherever the ambassador chanced to be staying, and begged leave to try on the slipper. But they were all disappointed, for not one of them, try as she could, could make her foot small enough to go into the fairy shoe. And there were many bitter tears shed in secret when they returned home, by countless fair ladies who prided themselves on the smallness of their feet, and who had set out full of lively expectation that they would be the successful competitors. At last the ambassador arrived at a house, where a well-to-do laird had lived, but the laird was dead now, and there was nobody left but his wife and two daughters, who had grown poor of late, and who had to work hard for their living. One of the daughters was haughty and insolent, the other was little and young and modest and sweet. When the ambassador rode into the courtyard of this house, and holding out the shoe asked if there were any fair ladies there who would like to try it on, the elder sister, who always thought a great deal of herself, ran forward and said that she would do so, while the younger girl just shook her head and went on with her work. For, she said to herself, though my feet are so little that they might go into the slipper, what would I do as the wife of a great prince? Folk would just laugh at me and say that I was not fit for the position. No, no, I am far better to bide as I am. So the ambassador gave the glass shoe to the elder sister, who carried it away to her own room, and presently, to everyone's astonishment, came back wearing it on her foot. It is true that her face was very white, and that she walked with a little limp, but no one noticed these things except her younger sister, and she only shook her wise little head and said nothing. The prince's ambassador was delighted that he had at last found a wife for his master, and he mounted his horse and rode off at full speed to tell him the good news. 
when the prince heard of the success of his errand he ordered all his courtiers to be ready to accompany him next day when he went to bring home his bride you can fancy what excitement there was at the laird's house when the gallant company arrived with their prince at the head to greet the lady who was to be their princess the old mother and the plain-looking maid of all work ran hither and thither fetching such meat and drink as the house could boast to set before their high-born visitors while the bonny little sister went and hid herself behind a great pot which stood in the corner of the courtyard and which was used for boiling hen's meat she knew that her foot was the smallest in the house and something told her that if the prince once got a glimpse of her he would not be content till she had tried on the slipper. Meanwhile, the selfish elder sister did not help at all, but ran up to her chamber and decked herself out in all the fine clothes that she possessed before she came downstairs to meet the prince. And when all the knights and courtiers had drunk a stirrup cup and wished good luck to their lord and his bride, she was lifted up behind the prince on his horse and rode off so full of her own importance that she even forgot to say good-bye to her mother and sister. Alas, alas, pride must have a fall, for the cavalcade had not proceeded very far, when a little bird which was perched on a branch of a bush by the roadside sang out, Nip it fit and clip it fit, behind the king rides, but pretty fit and little fit, a hint the cauldron hides. What is this that the birdie says? cried the prince who, if the truth be told, did not feel altogether satisfied with the bride whom fortune had bestowed upon him. Hast thou another sister, madam? Only a little one, murmured the lady, who liked ill the way in which things seemed to be falling out. We will go back and find her, said the prince firmly, for when I sent out the slipper, I had no mind that its wearer should nip her foot and clip her foot in order to get it on. So the whole party turned back, and when they reached the laird's house, the prince ordered a search to be made in the courtyard, and the bonny little sister was soon discovered and brought out, all blushes and confusion from her hiding-place behind the cauldron. "'Give her the slipper and let her try it on,' said the prince, and the eldest sister was forced to obey. And what was the horror of the bystanders, as she drew it off to see that she had cut off the tops of her toes? in order to get it on, but it fitted her little sister's foot exactly, without either paring or clipping, and when the prince saw that it was so, he lifted the elder sister down from his horse, and lifted the little one up in her place, and carried her home to his palace, where the wedding was celebrated with great rejoicing, and for the rest of their lives they were the happiest couple in the whole kingdom. End of chapter 12